Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirstie Call. Together, we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Do you dream of creating picture books that will change a child's life? Learn how to write the story only you can tell at this year's Picture Book Summit. Join John Klassen, Juji Morales, agents, editors, and more on October 2nd, 2021. Visit picturebooksummit.com to register. Feeling stuck in your creative journey? Needing to change your narrative? Everything you want is possible. As a therapist-trained life coach for creatives, I'm excited to help authors like you create clarity and build self-confidence so you can achieve your dreams. Kirstie can help you get the drama out of your life and into your art. Visit kirstiencall.com. That's K-I-R-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-L-L.com and register for a free consultation today. Hooray! I can't wait for us to work together to get you where you want to be. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kirsty. So, I've been digging into some really fun books lately. Ooh. Are they measuring up to your expectations? Yes. They are fabulous. Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and Beach Toys versus School Supplies by Mike Ciccatello had me taking note of the puns galore, which is our first fabulous thing. Yay! The puns are pretty fabulous. And the opening of this book is also excellent, and that is our second fabulous thing. Our third is the excellent anthropomorphizing. All the beach toys and school supplies are realistic characters with authentic emotion. It's pretty great. The fourth fabulous thing is the bright, cheerful art, which is true for all of Mike's books. He's so talented. Our fifth fabulous thing is the puns. (laughs) Puns are our first and our fifth fabulous thing because there are so many in this book and they are so fabulous. Did we mention puns? (laughs) I think we mentioned puns. What do you think is fabulous about this book? Make sure to tell us on social media with the hashtag PBL Summer Book Club. Happy reading! Although we don't have new interviews this summer, we'll be replaying some of our most listened to episodes. Enjoy this PBL replay. Hey, Kirstie. Hey, Kim. Color me excited for today's interview. We have four amazing guests joining us. Agreed. This episode is epic because we not only have an editor and a production manager and a designer with us today, but we also have the incredible Aaron Becker. Incredible. And (laughs) we're breaking our own rules today and taking a look at his stunning board books. You are light and my favorite color. I love all of the translucent panels and mesmerizing page spreads. These board books are seriously some of the most beautiful board books I have ever read. I actually bought You Are Light just for myself. I don't even have a kid who is the right age, but I bought it for myself. We are so excited to shed light on the collaborative process for these colorful books with Aaron Becker, editor Mary Lee Donovan, designer Mary Ellen Henley, and production manager Sarah Sherman. Let's get started. 
Aaron, we're going to start with you. Can you tell us what was the inspiration for these beautiful board books? It started probably in my childhood, like with my, uh, my mom was a professor of lots of things. <laughs> she was like a mom, but also did, she taught at some local colleges when in the evenings and stuff. And so she had this like random set of classes she would teach. And one of them was about light and color. It was a physics class and she would come home with all these paraphernalia, like laser things and labs that the college students would do. And so as a kid, I'm like realizing that there's like a material world of light. That it's not just photographs or TV or, you know, things you look at through a camera or something. There's like uh, things you can do with light. There's ways they interact. And I remember we had a picture book when I was a kid that used cellophane overlays to create mixed colors. They did it with like animals and it was quite clever. So all that is like the backdrop. And then uh, we were expecting our second kid and I told my wife, I need to get away before this kid comes. (laughs) I'm going on meditation retreats. And I went to this place out here in Western Mass and it was at an old Christian boarding school. So part of the campus was like the old chapel, which had stained glass in it. And they have you do like walking meditation where you're supposed to be paying attention to your breath. So here I'm like walking back between these stained glass panels and not paying attention to my breath because I'm like, wow, stained glass, isn't that amazing? And so, yeah, after doing that for like three or four days, I realized I've got to do something with stained glass. And I made a mock-up of what I imagined the book could be. And I remember Mary Lee came out to Amherst for a gallery show I was doing for the third journey book. And I pulled her over in the middle of the whole thing. And I was like, I've got to show you this thing. (laughs) And we went outside and I was like, you've got to hold it up to a light. Otherwise it doesn't work. I think everyone at Candlewick immediately was like, all right, we have to make this book, but how are we going to make this book? (laughs) (laughs) That's Wonderful. The stained glass is captivating. Yes. (laughs) Mary Lee, can you give us a little bit more into how you acquired this book? He is always full of surprises. (laughs) I love it. He'll often say like, oh, I'm going to be sending you something. (laughs) Like, oh, and then something shows up and it just totally, it's just such a wonderful surprise. That oh you know maybe it's another wordless picture book or you know who knows he he's full of surprises so I just remember opening it up and really being as they say in the UK gobsmacked and moved and amazed and excited. Mary Lee, I feel like you calling it a gift is so perfect because not only did Aaron give you a gift that day, but now everyone who reads the book also gets a gift. And it makes a great gift. So Erin, we're going to go back and talk a little bit more about your process for the book. Can you give us a look into how it evolved? It was one of those conventions of die cut that I knew kind of would work. I think I started out doing something much more fanciful and it kind of got pared down to something more simple. The, the original dummy had even the... the, the um, the middle parts of the book were also cut out. And in the final book, they're not. So it's only on the cover, actually. There's a sunburst that's cut out. And then moving to 
my favorite color. It was sort of like, how can I push this a little bit further? And one thing I learned was that the printers can actually print whatever they want on the acetate. It doesn't have to be a solid sheet of yellow or red or whatever. And once I knew I could do multiple colors, then I thought, all right, I'm not just going to do like obvious color mixing of yellow and red make orange. I'm going to do orangish, greenish, whatever, like all these weird combinations and really play with color and make it more of a sensory experience in terms of all the possibilities of color mixing. And then once I knew I wanted to do that, I thought, oh, wait, color swatches. Like that's the way we experience that graphically. And so I went to the hardware store and I just took all the swatches I wanted and I cut them up at home, started using an X-Acto blade and put it together however I could. And that's how it sort of became this more square thing in that way. And I should say, we're also in the middle of like trying to figure out another book. I am learning yet again that like there are limits to what is possible with this form. And so we're, it's like this constant push and pull of now that we know we can do it, how much can we push it? And then now we need to take a step back and then can we push it more? And I'm sure everyone is driving everyone crazy <laughs> in production, but also, you know, you end up, like you said, it's like a, it's this thing that goes out into the world that is surprising and different and accomplishes everything I ever want to do out of a book, which is to create something that's meaningful to me, but also add something to the world. And it's beautiful. Mary Lee, can you give us a look into the editing process for these stories? A lot of it was clarifying with Aaron. What is it that you're trying to communicate? Is this the best way to communicate what you're trying to say and do? The text was very spare. We went through a few rounds of, is this too spare? Is it spare enough? Is this the right word? It was writing a very, very short poem. And as you know, with a poem, every word is really important. Every word carries a lot of weight. The editorial work initially was really more about like, you know, the idea, the theme, and then getting those words right. But then after that, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't looking at sketches really in the same way you would with a picture book. It wasn't, you know, prove, you know, looking at the copy editing and the proofreading. It was, I mean, there was that, but it was really quite minimal. So that leads us then into Mary Ellen as the designer. Can you share with the listeners what your typical responsibilities are as the designer? And then can you um, tell us some of the design decisions that you had to make for these books? I, you know, I'm always looking to pair the format and the typography and make those choices based on what complements the artwork. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. With these, you know, what I appreciated was just the kind of the minimalist quality. And so really looking for something simple, bold, and gentle, particularly with your light. That was my goal. It's stunning. You know, Mary Ellen had a lot of decisions to make with Aaron. You know, everything from trim size to, you know, do we have rounded corners to, you know, how thick should the board be to communicate who this is for? Too thick, it might look a little too young. You know, too thin, it won't hold up to, you know, repeated use. So designer makes so many decisions. What happens at the gutter and how far away from the gutter things 
need to be or should be, always keeping in mind the aesthetic and reflecting the aesthetic in all of those minute choices that she makes in concert with the artist. Right. And then like with my favorite color, we had to kind of raise the grid a bit because we had the text at the bottom as opposed to centered. And we also had pages with one line versus two lines. Just how to get that right balance with the margins. You did a beautiful job. (laughs) It's so interesting because those are details that as the reader, they don't necessarily think about. But it's so important with how you enjoy the book. It's so important. And Sarah, you are the production manager. So can you give us a look into what a production manager does and specifically what you did for Your Light and My Favorite Color? Absolutely. First of all, when Mary Lee finally did approach (laughs) me with the subject, uh, she handed me Erin's mock-up. And I felt so privileged, first of all, that I could keep it at my desk because I don't have a locked door. But it was fascinating and I wanted to know if there was anything else in the market, you know, how to achieve this. I already had a printer in mind, one of our favorite printers that we use in China. We had to make changes based on the original mock-up. You know, at one point we were thinking of using vellum, but vellum overseas, you can't really purchase and it's extremely expensive. Not only that, but with the help of the printer, manufacturing wise, it's very flimsy especially in a book like this, it would lend to the mechanicals of warping or whatnot. We tried different dummies and tried different ideas, different case findings, whether we're going to run the corners, how thick or thin. I would say the biggest challenge was because once this is a book for all ages, it's a gift book. We want it to appeal to everyone. Because of the stock we chose, because we wanted a certain presentation and simplicity and the boards to be sturdy, it will appeal to everyone. But that also includes very young children, three and under, who are going to gravitate towards it because of the beauty and to hold it in their hands. So one of the things I had to work with, I know at times was limiting and challenging, is I had to work to make sure that whatever we produced and whosever hands it went into, it would be a safe product. But that was the fun part. And like I said, it's an achievement that I like looking at this and it appeals to all ages and all people. The fact that we have multiple foreign co-editions is really exciting. That's so exciting. It really was an amazing, you know, collaborative effort. I'd love to hear more from Erin about what that felt like to be getting this feedback. Okay, your beautiful Ming vase we're now going to, you know, mass produce it in <laughs> Hong Kong. You know? I, I remember being at the office at Candlewick and Mary Ellen and Mary Lee showed me these cutouts and they looked like lace. It was beyond my expectations. And then they're like, but we can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we can't do this. So what could we do? And I said, well, why don't we just print them as a block of color that matches the color we're going for? And everyone agreed that seemed like a good solution. We made it. It was printed as a mock-up. And I looked at it and I was like, this is not working. It's flat. It's boring. You know, basically at this point in production, like the book is done. It's going out. You can't change artwork at this point. But I was like, this is just not, it just feels so flat. How can we make it work? And I just, in one afternoon, I literally 
took those designs, I traced them on watercolor paper, and I painted them in watercolor. I sent them to Mary Ellen. I was like, put this in the book. <laughs> it was like, and I can imagine her just like running down the streets of, of Boston, you know, like running to the FedEx place and, or something like you can just imagine the train departing the station and then <laughs> heading to the port to China or something. And like at each step of the way, you feel like someone just leaping to, to get this onto the book at the last possible second. And not only did it make the book sing that that change, but it's actually better than the lattice design. So it was such a crazy experience how last minute that was and how the creative process works collaboratively, like listening to everyone, just how kind of miraculous it is that any book gets made, let alone <laughs> one that involves this much technical you know, complexity. I love hearing about all of these things that I have never even considered. We have one last question for all of you. Mary Ellen, we'll start with you. When someone reads My Favorite Color and You Are Light, what do you hope they feel or learn? Wow, good question. (laughs) I hope it inspires creativity and the love of color and a love of nature and how those things are all related. Perfect. What about you, Sarah? What do you hope people feel or learn when they read these books? These are interactive books. These are engaging and people open it up and you do see them running to the light (laughs) and saying like, oh, how do you do this? And then, especially with children, what I've noticed, it is a concept that they can carry through or once they see it in these books, they'll go to a window and take leaves and match them up and see the transparency and the color coming through and to see especially little ones taking the ideas of what they've discovered in these books with the color and how to play with light and how it's all around you and you can do your own design is really satisfying to see. Beautiful. We'll go to Mary Lee next. When someone reads these books, what do you hope they feel or learn? I hope that they first are amazed at what a book can be. And for people who are book lovers, to have a book that you can love in on so many different levels, you know, for the experience it brings you, the emotional response that you have, but also what you can do with it. You know, you can spend time with it as an object, as a thing of beauty. Honestly, I often think of myself as a child encountering an amazing book. I mean, I was a big sucker for little novelty elements, and I still remember my edition of Thumbelina that had it lenticular image in the cover and it was one of my favorite books because of that and I still have it so I really hope that you are light and my favorite color are going to be objects like that sources of comfort and joy I love that so Erin when someone reads these beautiful books what do you hope they feel or learn I love what everyone has been saying about these books. Mostly I'm known for doing wordless books and these books have words in them. And at the same time, like they exist, like Mary Lee was saying, as kind of objects and in their own right, almost away from the words and away from the illustrations, they become their own experience, very sensory and very visceral. And I think right now we tend to be inside a lot, especially now. We tend to be on screens a lot, especially now. And I think to have something out in the world that transports you because of that sensory moment is to create these little moments of a child reaching out and seeing light in some way that almost like Mary Lee's memory of this book she had as a child 
it transcends language, becomes kind of embedded in our sense of who we are, like it expands one's sense of the world. And it's so easy for our senses of the world right now to be limited because we can only experience so much on a computer screen and we can only experience so much when we're not outdoors or getting dirty in the soil or all the things that we kind of are programmed in our DNA to do. Here's a book that gives us this chance to stare at color becoming alive. And I think that enriches our lives. That's why I make books. A big thank you to Aaron, Mary Lee, Mary Ellen, and Sarah for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for You Are Light and My Favorite Color. Check out the show notes to learn more about Aaron and his other fabulous books. And remember, if you have a picture book you love and you think we might love it too, send us an email at picturebooklook2 at gmail.com. That's picturebooklook and the number two at gmail.com. Happy looking! Picture Book Look is produced by Kirsty Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call.